0: Welcome to the Communicate for Good podcast, where leaders on a mission to make the world a better place come to talk and learn about how communication, language, and words can help increase awareness, revenue, and impact with less stress and more joy. I'm your host, Erica Mills Barnhart, and I'm so excited you're here with me. Let's dive right in. Welcome back or welcome to Communicate for Good. I am Erica Mills Barnhart, your host on this podcast. If you this is your first time joining us, I'm so glad you're here. We are all about exploring how language and leadership um, can impact workplaces and the world. It's pretty fun exploration, if I do say so myself. Uh, in particular, this is a place for you if you are a high achieving, purpose driven leader in whatever context um, you may find yourself. I was just uh, reacquainting myself with the work of Margaret Wheatley um, in her book, Leadership of the New Science. And she describes leaders as anyone who is called to help others at this point in time, at this point in time. And I just, I love the, both the openness, but also the specificity of at this point in time, inviting us into acknowledging that we may move in and out of feeling like we are leaders so welcome and welcome back of course to laura listeners okay um what do i have on my mind what are we going to talk about in this episode transitions i've got i just i've got transition on my mind and heart um for me this is always the case during the fall i don't think i'm unique in this or autumn whichever you prefer my daughter just turned 18 and she will be transitioning to college next year. My son just started high school a few weeks ago. I transitioned this podcast to communicate for good. Just fully stepping into that as Claxon's uh, purpose. It is about communicating for good. The good of yourself, the good of your team, the good of your organization, and the good of the world. Yes. So, why does that matter? Let's just have a, a, a quick note. I mean, communication is is a... Uh, it's a tool. It's a mindset, both a mindset and a skill set. But the reason it matters so much to communicate for good is so that you get the results that you want and you get them faster, easier, with more grace, joy, and ease. That piece faster is important because there's an opportunity cost, right? So for every moment or every decision um that takes up extra time, energy, money, That is time, energy, and money that we just want consistently directed towards purpose and mission and achieving your vision in alignment, of course, with your values, which we're going to go into a lot um, in the next episode, uh, actually, um, when we talk about your personal integrity system, the PIS. Okay, so that's why the faster matters. Um, It doesn't always have to be faster, but there is an opportunity cost. And so I think a a sense of urgency is a good thing um, when you are uh, making the world a better place. With every transition, you know, some of the ones that I just mentioned, you can think of those in your life. There is a letting go. And that that isn't easy. There's this thing called loss aversion. You may be familiar with it, which basically means we place a higher value than perhaps we ought to on what we have, what we know, because we know it. So it's safe. It's familiar, which is the exact combo meal our subconscious brain adores. Right? Safe, familiar. Let's do that simultaneously, we undervalue any almost anything that's new, a new way of doing or being, even if we know consciously with that logical piece of our mind that it might make our lives, our organizations, our teams better, healthier, you know, all, all, all good things. But we're like, but maybe not, It'll you know, like, let's just keep doing it the way we've been doing it. All right. This is because of loss aversion. So that's normal and human to stick with, you know, doing what you know. But what if doing what you know doesn't serve you? What if it doesn't serve you? What if what if you do want to usher in a transition? Okay. So, or maybe transition is happening even though you're not wanting to usher it in, even if there is resistance, it is happening. I want to offer you a few ways of thinking about transitions so that you can take full advantage of the season of transition. Okay. Um, and just a, a note here with each transition, We're going to talk about different types of transitions here in a second. You make a decision or a series of decisions. So transitions and how you handle transitions uh, gives you a lot of insight into how, generally speaking, you handle decisions. And that's something that we're going to talk about again in the next episode, which is really looking at decision making. You know, some past episodes, we've been talking about decision making, goal setting, um, and, and sticking with those big audacious goals, even if you think you're not going to achieve them by the end of the year, this is all related. But transis- transitions, um, anyway, they, they can give a lot of insight uh, and they are really, really interconnected uh, with decision-making, which if you are, uh, especially if you're a positional authority, if you're a leader, um, of course, decision-making how you uh, lead folks through transition and decisions is incredibly important. So, There, like I said, there are different types of transitions. Um, There are at least two levels that I want to talk about um, here today. There are what I call macro transitions, like, Having kids, getting married or divorced, retiring, taking on a big new role. You know, th- these are big personal, professional things that happen. And then there are what I call micro transitions. I-, I didn't do any research on these words, which is very unusual for me. It just sort of um, linguistically makes intuitive sense to me that there are being macro, big level decisions and micro transitions. We tend to focus when we think about transitions on the macro, the big moments, okay? But I want to I sit here a little bit in the space and just, let's just, let's draw our attention to the micro before we go back to the macro. Here are some examples of micro transitions, okay? For me, these include transitioning from home to office, even though my office, unless I'm going to campus, which I, which I do, but most of the time I'm going to the office in my home. That is still a transition. I transition from quiet morning me time to family time, from personal to work, from afternoon to evening, from gym clothes to professional clothes, even if it's solely from the waist up, it's still a transition because <laughs> I'm changing. And, and, and you can think about what, what are all the decisions that go into the seemingly mundane thing of what am I going to wear? Right. Well, it's not gonna be my gym clothes um, for a lot of what I need to do and how I need to show up. Right. Even replying to email. Um, you know, I was doing that earlier in the day. And then I needed to transition to prepping and recording a series of podcast episodes. And that requires, you know, recording and thinking through and preparing the podcast episodes requires prolonged periods of concentration and really a proactive. A way of thinking, whereas email is reactive for the most part. i'm I'm responding or reacting to the email. So these are just a few. it's a it's a sampling of micro transitions that I experience in my day. Your list will be different, okay? Now, for many, transitions are bumpy, even if they're small, they can be bumpy. And but here, you know how you do one thing, is how you do all the things um in general, in general, right? And so it, Transitions are, are, listen, if transitions are a breeze for you and you're like, I'm all good, fantastic. In my experience, but just with humans in general, but in particular with my clients, um, transitions don't always go smoothly. And why I want to focus on the micro is because it's a way of learning, again, learning how you navigate transitions and then you can level up and extrapolate to, ooh, if that's bumpy for me in this micro way, what does that mean in terms of macro? And then there's work we can do to kind of smooth them over. Um, and there are some very specific things we can do with communication and language to make transitions go more smoothly. Okay. But for a lot of folks, transitions are hard. They require effort, even if we're not aware of that effort, right? So we want to daylight the effort a little bit, and. You know, the, the the question is, what are the micro-transitions in your day-to-day life? How do you handle them? Do you have any funny habits around them? So I'll share, share one for me. Um, almost every time I make a transition, I crave a cup of tea for longtime listeners. You will not be surprised that really what I want is a Earl Grey tea, very, like, very uh, intense Earl Grey tea with a little bit of cream. Um, and a little bit of honey or sugar, okay? And it's, I didn't really notice this. It's like Pavlovian. It's like, you know, when I transitioned this morning from emails, responding emails to this, I was like, well, clearly it's time for a cup of tea. And I was like, is it though? It's its very Pavlovian. So that's when, that's a funny habit that I have. It's just, it's a way of sort of being um, around transition. Now imagine, extrapolate that up to really major transitions. It is true that I really, I like to make decisions with a cup of tea, um you know what does that represent right so just notice how often you transition in these small ways and how you handle it tactically cup of tea and emotionally and emotionally as with so much the work in leadership and communication it starts with awareness all right so just a noticing at first so that you can take informed action down the road um there is a scholar herminia evara who is at NCID um, University in uh, in Europe? And her research explores work transitions. So these are macro. So we're transitioning from micro to macro. She wrote a book called Working Identity: Unconventional Strategies for Reinventing Your Career. Which, if you are in this moment, uh, you know pondering a career, highly recommend. I find her work equally applicable whether you're navigating a tr- career transition or a leadership transition. You know, stepping up to and into the fullness of your leadership in your current position, or maybe you're taking on a different leadership role, one that requires more of you, one that one that has a uh, more positional authority. right? So whether the transition is intrinsically motivated, meaning by you, or extrinsic, meaning other people uh, are involved, um, a new position you know, is decided upon by others with your consent, if you say yes. Um, but that's extrinsic. Her work applies, I think, in very practical and beautiful ways. So as an example, as an example, I don't know what an example is, but let's look. Maybe it's an example. I think I'm, I am I put together example in Embara and it came out as an example. Okay. As an example, Abara says, career transition is not a straight road to a default identity, but a sinuous journey during which we try a number of what she refers to as possible selves. Now, if you replace career transition with leadership, this holds so beautifully true. Leadership is not a straight road to a default identity, but a sinuous journey during which we try a number of possible selves. So we have both possible selves and also mutable identities okay stick with me if at this point you're like oh my god this is like a lot stick with me don't uh, as always we're going to get practical with this but it's i think it's conceptually important okay so mutable identities that that's when we shift into an identity that fits the context so i refer to this as your primary identity so for instance um i have the great good fortune to be a parent i'm a mom to two teenagers when I'm with my kids, I'm still me. I don't fundamentally change, but I am context appropriate, right? Because that's my my primary identity is as a mom. When I'm working with a client, it'd be weird if my primary identity was as a mom. If I'd shown up like, do you want me to make you a sandwich? You know, how are we doing on those protein shakes? Like, not appropriate <laughs> in that context. There, my primary identity for my client is as their coach or advisor. I transition just like you transition multiple times per day between different primary identities. So notice as you were doing your notice, as you were transitioning, right, throughout the day, how, what is the interplay between identity and these transitions? Like often, I'm just gonna stick with this, really belabor the point. Even, even if you're not a parent, like I, I think that intuitively this is the easiest example to use. Um Like Literally, I transition from my office into the kitchen a lot. Um, And so I'm going between, I'm toggling between this coach advisor role, speaker role, um, communication expert in the context of my office. And then when I go into the kitchen, especially if my kids are there, you know, I'm a partner. I'm a mom. Uh, The communication expert doesn't really matter, right? Um, To the context. So my primary identity goes back and forth and back and forth as I transition. Okay the invitation to you is to notice like in terms of your leadership style this this idea of possible selves uh, is really important right so this is like you're trying things on okay so who do you want to be as a leader given where you're at in your career this could change over time um, where is the organization at, right, in terms of its life cycle? And what does that mean in terms of what is needed on the team? There's some great work by my um, former colleague, Pat Doble, at the University of Washington on this. In what ways do you need to show up differently, again, as you shift these roles, right? There's a direct link between that last question about how do you want and need to show up differently and how you communicate. Um, I do a lot of work with leaders in transition. Um, which is part of why this is on my mind. Um, and there are some really concrete things you can do. Um, if you listen back a couple episodes when I talk about Communicate I.O., that is one of the frameworks um, that I recommend that you start using um, more and more and more as you are a leader. Okay, So, I mean, it could be that you didn't manage other people before and now you do. That's a big one. Uh, it comes up a lot. Another biggie, biggie biggie from a communication not leadership perspective is transitioning from being mainly internal facing. So you're in charge of your team, maybe internally, to externally facing. So now you're expected to make presentations, lead meetings with potential clients and customers, right? That is a different skill set for sure. And and this is really important, we're gonna talk more and more about this. It's a different mindset. You, you gotta have all of that like dialed in in order to take full advantage of the skill set piece. So a handy activity that I'm going to recommend. I used to say, and I still sometimes slip and say this, uh, a handy exercise, but then I got feedback that that sounded hard. Like, I love exercising because I, I just, I do. So it never occurred to me, this <laughs> these great examples of like, when you're a fish and you're in the fish bowl, you don't know it's water. I was like, who would want to exercise? Okay. And then people were like, that sounds hard. Like, lifting weights or running a marathon or whatever. And so now I say activity or reflection, depending. Okay, so a handy thing for you to ponder would be this. Notice the transitions, yes? So now that I am in this moment of transition, who do I admire and why? Even if you're not in active transition, this is such an interesting activity. Who do you admire and why? Right? What are your reasons for admiring them? And do you like your reasons? Do you like your reasons? Right? Make a list of three to five people and then answer that question about why they made your list. You will get a lot of insight from that. <laughs> like the, the why piece of it, as always, uh, lots of insight. Is it because this particular person got great results? They led a really lit up life. You loved how they you know, lived their life and managed the work and you know, personal and all of that stuff. Is it how they made their team feel, right? They they managed to make their team feel the way that you want to make your team feel. Maybe they have the same values as you. You know, you get the idea, but get clear on why they're there. This is like your dream team, right? Your dream team, kitchen cabinet, as it were. Okay. So why would you do this? One, it gives you insight into in this moment in time for you, um, what do you admire? What's important? Where's your growth edge? What do you want to learn more about? Okay, and the next step, you're going to ask their advice. So, okay, these people can be alive or dead. So if they're dead, clearly you're going to have to <laughs> you can't go, you know go direct to source. You're going to have to rely on maybe things that were written, you know, um, about them. But you you can still use your imagination um, if you if you know about them, right? And go to them as you have a decision that you're trying to make. Um, go to this group of people and say like. How would you handle this? How would you approach this? What would you do? Okay. And just see what you learn. Use your imagination. If you actually know the person, you could go to them. That would be like a mentor um, and see what they have to say. And then you're just going to, you're going to take this input and you're going to run it through your personal integrity system. I'm going to talk way more about this in the next episode, but here I want to plant the seed because you can get tippy on all this, right? Like, oh my God, I have these five different people. They all have like different insights for me. Um, and So you need a way to synthesize um, that input. And of course, by the way, you may be someone who is good, like maybe you're an executive director and you're getting a whole lot of input from your board. Okay. So in an organizational context, you will have what, We've talked about this podcast, what I refer to as your identity statements, your mission, vision, values, and your purpose. And when you combine that with a strategic plan, you have a pretty good filter for decision making, right? That will will keep the organization in alignment, um, that will keep you consistently showing up um, and making decisions uh, strategically. You have that. You want that for yourself as well, for slightly different reasons. And again, we're going to talk about this. Think about the personal integrity system, or PIS, um, as it's like a GPS for your personal decision making. Okay, and both personal and professional because it's it's actually in the end all intertwined. Okay, for now, we're going to get to that. I'm excited about it. I'm always excited about it, but um, I'm excited to share more about it with you. For now, notice the transitions that you make in a day or a week. How they make you feel? How do you handle them? How do you make decisions? About the transitions, okay, and just start noticing what you learn about that and what that means about how you lead your life, how you lead your teams, okay what nuggets do you get, and then make this dream team kitchen cabinet um, or whatever you want to call it that three to those three to five people right? why are they on your list? right um, and just start to play with that as a way to inform your decision making and come at it a little bit differently. maybe you'll get different sparks, different things will drop in um what do you notice? What do you learn? Have fun with all this. Okay. Like it can get this, this, this work is, um, kind of existential. So play with it. Okay. And then next week we'll dive into your personal integrity system. Okay. And we'll just keep building on this. And again, all of this is in the spirit of how can you be you? Right? In a way that's consistent and makes it easier for you with grace, with ease, with joy to make decisions that add up to a life well lived, a life well lived within your value and in integrity with how you want to be living your life. Okay. And that includes how you want to be leading and leading your teams, of course. All right. So personal integrity system coming up. In the meantime, do good, be well, and I look forward to seeing you next time. Thank you for listening to the Communicate for Good podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, I would so appreciate it if you would right here, right now, go rate and review the podcast. Your review will help even more purpose-driven leaders, teams, and organizations learn how to use words to change the world. To find more ways that communication can help you increase awareness, revenue, and impact, Head on over to ww.claxen.communication